Good morning and welcome to um, our first NSB podcast. Today is August the 19th, 2019. And um, with me today is our associate pastor, Paul Sanders, our next generation leader, Joel Kobosh. And my name is Luke. And we are going to have a, a little bit of a change here. We're, 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 decide- we're, we're actually going to be talking about the text that we're looking at this coming Sunday. And uh, we're just going to have some discussion on these two verses, and it's kind of a, it's a format change uh, to what we've been doing because beforehand we were looking back at the, the sermon, the text that we looked at on the Sunday um, before, but but now we're going to have a forward look, and we're going to look at this text, and we're just going to interact with it and talk about it. So, um, Joel, would you read for us these first two verses? Are you in Ephesians one? Sure, Ephesians chapter one. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is one of the letters of Paul that we find in the New Testament. And these letters that we find in the New Testament are addressing specific churches. And here we see that Paul identifies himself and he identifies his recipients and he has this statement of of blessing, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what we want to do is we just want to kind of interact interact with these two verses and um, see what kind of doctrine or teaching is found here and just kind of understand it as we we prepare for um, this coming Sunday. So Joel, we talked... uh, we, we talked about uh, before we started recording um, a specific doctrine here that we're going to interact with. What What is that doctrine? Uh, I, I think it's found in that first verse about the fact that Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And so it wasn't, it wasn't something that Paul applied for. It was given to him by the will of God. He was chosen by God. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we see that elsewhere in scripture. Um, Right? I mean, you think of like Moses, Moses in the Old Testament, when when the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush, um, it wasn't like Moses had prearranged that, like, hey, I'm going to meet God today and God's going to send me to Pharaoh, right? God specifically selected Moses for that task, correct? Right. He did the same thing with prophets, right? Absolutely. Uh, Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah um, was it Jeremiah 1 where it says that, you know, he was, he was, he was chosen before, you know, why he was in the womb or maybe even before that. Right. I, I don't remember the exact language, but I mean, he was chosen by God. And so we see that. And, and so when we look at that, we, we consider Paul uh, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. What, what, what's kind of the story of his conversion and his, and his commissioning by the Lord. You can, one of you guys just kind of, Rehearse that for us, that the story of Paul's conversion and his commissioning by the Lord. Yeah, well, I think uh, he was. it was Paul first called Saul, the guy that was persecuting the church, Christians, walking around, you know, uh, arresting people that were serving the one called Jesus. And he's, walk, he's on his way to Damascus, and God shines a bright light, speaks to him, challenges him. And it's th- right there that he completely changes the direction of, of Saul's life and then renames him Paul. 
and and changes and now he's now we have Paul writing the epistle to the Ephesians about what it means to have what it means to be a follower of Christ. Yeah. So so we've got this author we know him as the apostle Paul. And as you said he was persecuting Christians and on his road on the way to Damascus to persecute believers the Lord Jesus gets his attention and his life is never the same again and and he is um chosen to represent the Lord Jesus. And so you're right. He's the one who's writing this letter. And and who's he writing to? So who who are the recipients? Who who is this letter from the Apostle Paul being addressed to? Who do we see it being addressed to? It's to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Yes, and and it's to all the church. It isn't just to some people in the church. It's to all the church. As you read through the, the rest of Ephesians, you realize that he's not distinguishing between people who are in a special category called saints and all the rest of Christians. It's like all of us, which I think is amazing to be considered to be a holy person. I don't think of myself necessarily as being a holy person, except when I read the scripture and I realize, hey, I've been separated, separated from sin by my acceptance of Jesus as my Savior. That separated me from my sinfulness. I do sin, but I'm no longer a sinful person in the eyes of God. Not with Christ Jesus sitting at, at the right hand of God interceding for me. I'm no longer a sinner. Yeah. So, yeah, we are, by virtue of our being in Christ, believing in Christ, we are, we are saints. We are made holy. Right? We have... Um, we have been made, we, we've been set apart, right? So there's this positional holiness or positional sanctification. You know, we've been, we've been set apart. We're, we're holy. We're, we're, we're saints. And, and every true believer is, is a saint. And he further describes the saints that he is writing to as those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, the idea of faithfulness, like when you think of the word faithfulness, what like what like what comes to your mind? I mean, think like like when you think of like faithfulness to your spouse, like what, what does that look like? Be faithful to one's spouse. I think there's an element of being loyal and then following through with the commitments that you made, you know, to a T. <laughs> yeah. So so loyalty and commitment. I think those are that's a really good way of describing it. So so being faithful is being loyal to the Lord, um, being committed to the Lord. And so when we think about this, this attribute of faithfulness, I mean, as believers in Jesus, as saints, we're to be faithful to our Lord. We're, We're to live our lives committed to him, loyal to him, allegiant to him. And when we think about faithfulness, this is also an attribute of God, correct? Yes, definitely, it's an attribute of God. In fact, I don't think we can be faithful unless God helps us and allows us to be that way. Part of being saved, and it's part of being walking in in, in the light with Christ Jesus. You know, that's 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 part of that's an that's an attribute of walking with Him that comes from God. I had a I had a thought as we we're thinking about this idea. Is could it be maybe a description of the church he's describing the church and, and I, I think like to the saints who are in ephesus he doesn't 
because we, I mean, I think we commonly understand that he's writing to the church at Ephesus. And could this not be maybe a description of that? It's to the saints, to the believers who are in Ephesus and are faithful. They're being faithful by coming together as a group, you know, where two or three are gathered together, they're gathering together. They're being faithful to what God has called them to be and hence are the church. And they're being faithful under persecution. Uh, if we read Acts, we realize that they started off with a lot of persecution. Paul got thrown out of there, right? So under under pressure of people who don't want to be there, don't want to see Christians, and under pressure of everyday life, we're, we're tempted to sin. We're being loyal and faithful. Yeah, they're, they're collectively faithful. And when we think about faithfulness, um, you know, I mentioned being an attribute of God. Um, Lamentations 3.23, um, you, you have this expression of, well, actually, if I back up to verse 22, Lamentations 3.22 and 23, it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, we probably know the hymn, Great is Your Faithfulness, better than we know that that's found in Lamentations 3. But, but there, the, the, you know, here we have this, this statement of the faithfulness of God. God is perfectly faithful. And faithfulness is an attribute of God that, to some extent, we can share. And, and you know, um, I, I know Wayne Grudem in his Systematic Theology he differentiates the communicable attributes from the incommunicable attributes. And by that, you know, it's those attributes that are more shared, less shared. So God is perfectly faithful. We'll never be perfectly faithful. But by God's grace, God has enabled us to be faithful, that we can be committed. We can be loyal. And so he's writing to these believers, this church that's faithful and as we think about our own church, you know, we're saints and, and, and we're to be faithful. Um, how, how do we, I don't know. I mean, well, how, how do we ensure that we're being faithful? How do we encourage and how do we cultivate faithfulness? Like what, what, what does that look like in our daily lives to be faithful? So now we're kind of pivoting to, to um, a kind of a real practical thought about, you know, what does that look like practically for us to be faithful? Right. And I, and I find it interesting that you're quoting from Lamentations. To me, Lamentations always was a, a hard book to read because it seems to be so full of doom and gloom. And a lament, that's what Lamentation means. It means that somebody's upset about something. <laughs> but it starts off by saying, great is thy faithfulness. And I think that's probably true that we're called to do in, in, in daily life when things are hard. I've been trying to memorize uh, the verses in, in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through, 7 through 12, and where Paul talks about having a thorn given to him in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to harass him. And three times he asks, I asked the Lord, he says, to... Um, about this to have it leave me, but that's verse nine. Everybody knows verse nine. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore I will boast all the most 
more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, uh, I, am there, I will be content, therefore I will be content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, I am strong. So in that, in that verse, that last verse I just quoted, weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, calamities, we face that daily in our lives. One, all of us, anybody listening to this podcast, all of us, you know, the three of us, we have something in there that hits us, <laughs> whether a weakness or, or an insult or a hardship or a persecution or a calamity happens. Um, and, and Paul says, well, that's great. God is going to, his power is going to be shown on weakness. That's what I mean to think by being faithful is to say, boy, I don't like what's happening right now to me, but uh, I'm, I'm going to trust God that he's going to, his power is going to be shown through my life. What happens, what happens when we're unfaithful then is the, I, cause I think that's a question that is, that comes to my mind. Like, so if I'm not faithful in Christ Jesus, do I lose, am I, you know, losing my salvation? Because oftentimes I think we even say, you know, if somebody, they left the faith, we, we could call them unfaithful. So have they lost their, their salvation? Or I don't know if we could, do you have anything to add to that idea? Because Yeah, I mean, I think, <clears throat> I mean, as, as saints, as believers in Christ Jesus, there, there are times where we're, we fail and and that failure comes in our speech it comes in our our attitude our our thoughts our our behavior and you know i think we go to places like first john 1 9 that tells us if we confess our sins and what are sins sins are instances of unfaithfulness right um, if we confess our sins he is faithful you see that word there he is faithful and just or righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from righteousness. And so, you know, when we are unfaithful, uh, hopefully we're convicted. Hopefully there's a sense of like, like we've done wrong. Like we're, we, we feel sorrow for our wrongdoing and we confess that sin and God promises to forgive us. And, you know, the other, you know, for those that are habitually faithless and there's no remorse and there's no repentance, yeah, I, that does not provide positive evidence that they're actually saved. In fact, if they profess to be saved, to be a saint, to be in Christ Jesus, and yet the consistent pattern of their life is one of rebellion against God, with no repentance, um, I, I don't think we can call that person a believer. What 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 do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and along with what what you're saying, the the tenth verse of First John one says, "If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar." So it says we do sin. But then the the first verse of First John two says, "I'm writing these things to you so you may not sin." But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So, one, we do sin. I think we, the three of us probably acknowledge that we do that. We do it regularly, right? 
Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, we're called to confess. In other words, turn away, to repent, as you said, Pastor Luke. And three, we're called to not sin. As you said, Pastor Luke, sin habitually. We're called not to do that. We're called not to get into a, a pattern where we continue to sin and we don't, we don't think anything of it and think it's okay, it's cool. If you're doing that, then the question is, are you being faithful? But if we do confess our sin, then the faithfulness of God comes into play and we can be faithful once more because he, can, he, he cleanses us and so now we can be faithful again. We can't be faithful until we're cleansed from our sin, right? Would you, would you agree with that? Um, are you talking about uh, are you talking about like initial salvation conversion or no? I'm talking about in our Christian life. We cannot be faithful until we confess our sin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, living in in active rebellion against God is is the antithesis of faithfulness. So yeah, we have to address the rebellion, the sin, in order to be faithful. Right. So I guess what it means to be a Christian is you're going to sin. But if, you, if you're quick to hear what God is saying to you, hey, that's wrong, Paul. You, you've got to do something about this. You've got to say sorry to somebody. You've got to, you've got to turn away from what you're doing. You've got to stop doing whatever you're doing. Stop it and, and say, I'm sorry. If we listen to that, then that's being faithful. When we do all, do all those actions, we're being faithful by confessing. We're faithful by coming back and living in the light. I think I think it's a, like our faithfulness is solely based upon the faithfulness of Christ in our life. Even going back to First John one nine, because He is faithful, we can confess our sins. And if we are being faithful, it's the Holy Spirit's like you were talking. It's the Holy Spirit's leading our life that says you are being unfaithful, and that that is an act of God's faithfulness towards us, showing showing Himself faithful to us by calling us back and by showing us our sin and saying. No, that's the greatness of his faithfulness, is it not? It's the greatness yeah. of his faithfulness. When we accept Christ as our Savior, God has shown his faithfulness to us, and he's, you know, he's secured us in that faithfulness that when we are unfaithful, it's the faithfulness of Christ that goes back. And I mean, we even see that in the Old Testament over and over. It's, it's God showing himself faithful to Israel, despite Israel's constant rebellion. Even if we think back to our Malachi, you know, they're being unfaithful. But God is remaining faithful to them, and that's what their security is found in. Isn't there also, like, so we talked about faithfulness, like being loyal, being committed. Um, there's, a, there's a consistency or there's a constancy of character, right? That, I mean, God is consistent, and he's unfailing in his character, right? I mean, and... and for us to be faithful, there's a certain consistency of character that we have that we are, I mean, yes, we sin, yes, we have, we fail, but as believers, the, the overall character we possess is one of faithfulness, or it should be, like, if we're truly believers, right? I mean, it, it ought to be that the consistency of our life or, or, the, or the, the character of our life is one of observable faithfulness people can see it in us you say use the word observable they can see us being faithful they can see that we're that way and that we're not always grumpy we're not always um getting angry we're not always um treating people badly we're not cutting people off in traffic the little sins that 
that come up for us, depending on what your personality is like. We've changed. God is changing us. And, and we can't do that without God's enabling grace, which verse 2, he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So grace, I mean, we talk about grace and how, I mean, what, how do we define grace? Like, how do we, um, if, if somebody says, well, what is grace? How, how do we, how do we explain grace? What is that? I think the, the easy way is, well, not necessarily easy, but what's commonly said is uh, getting what we don't deserve. But mercy and grace, am I saying that right? Mer I think one of them is not getting what we do deserve, and one of them's getting what we not or getting what we do deserve <laughs> have you, you've heard that before right yeah 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 i mean i think um i think grace and mercy are often um they're often like for instance one of the things we see about god in the old testament uh we see it i believe in the psalms uh we see it uh, certainly jonah was aware of it this idea that god is gracious and merciful slow to anger abounding in love relenting from disaster so so the idea that God is described as gracious and merciful, um, yeah, I think grace we often understand to be this unearned, unmerited favor of God, and mercy is it. it God, there's kind of like some there's pity in there that that God is merciful to us in the in the mess we're in. You know, he's, he he um, and he I think doesn't, he doesn't punish us for our sins, as, as Joel was saying. Yeah, and I think Grudem, uh, in his systematic theology, um, I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I, I think he does a good job, kind of differentiating between them. Uh, but we do often see them together. You know, like I said in the Old Testament, where God is described as gracious and merciful, um, and so grace, this unearned favor or kindness that God shows us, right? It's, it's kindness God gives to us that that we're not deserving of, um, and and. And then peace, and it all comes from God our Father, which there's another doctrine there, right? Which, which really we can get into next week when we get into the next text. But um, God our Father, that if God is our Father, what does that make us? His children. His children, right? And we're not born his children. We're not automatically his children. Uh, we have to become his children, which is, that is an act of grace to become a child of God. Right. I, I see that Grudem's definition is different than what I gave earlier. I, I'm looking at the website and it says God's mercy means God's goodness towards those in misery and distress. And God's grace means God's goodness toward those who deserve only punishment. Yeah. So he differentiates mercy, grace and mercy that way. Either way, they're not. It's not undeserved. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is we don't deserve His grace, we don't deserve His mercy, <laughs> we don't deserve His peace. Right? Like we don't deserve any of that, and yet we are the recipients of those wonderful blessings. So there's a lot here. I mean, he's talking about grace and peace, and and notice where it from. He says from. So so the grace to you and peace from God. Our father, not, and this isn't just Paul's father. This isn't just their father. This is our father, right? So, so if if God is our father, then what are we in relationship to each other as believers? Brothers and sisters. 
there you go. We're, we're, we're spiritual siblings, right? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Spiritual siblings. That's what you said, Joel. Yeah. 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 And, and family, we're family as in we're a family church, right? Pastor Luke. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Family church. So, so here we have Paul chosen by God to be an apostle by the will of God, addressing believers who are faithful in Christ Jesus, and and what he's going to share with them is uh, a, a letter that is filled with doctrine, as well as some very practical teaching on how they ought to be living as those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. So I'm looking forward to us uh, jumping into it this Sunday. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for your um, for your help as we've looked at this text and. Um, We'll hopefully uh, gather again next next Monday.